today is March 8, 1989, and I'm interviewing Mr. Herschel Walker on his life uh, for the uh, Oral History Project, the archives of the History Museum. Okay. Uh, Mr. Walker, tell me where you were born. I was born, well, you know, at that time, it was, if you were born in the city. But my county seat, my Tulsa tour, was Forest City, Arkansas. Okay. But, so you were born in Forsyth, Arkansas? Forest City. Forest City. Mm -hmm. Forest City, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. In what year? In 1909. 1909. All right. And did you stay there for a period of time? Mm -hmm. Well, that's the county seat. I was born out in the hills, just uh -huh. a few miles from Forest City. Uh -huh. Uh, later in on, uh, several years later, we moved to, to uh, Madison, Arkansas, which wasn't very far from there either. About the same distance of Forest City, but it was just a little town. Who was in your family? Who is? Who was in your immediate family? Who did you well, live with? Well, I stayed with my mother and father. Did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, all of us. It was, it was nine children all together. Uh -huh. Two boys and seven girls. And where were you in the family? I was fourth from the top. Fourth from the top. Yeah, I had two sisters and one brother older than I. Do you have a middle name? Yeah, yeah, James. James? Mm -hmm. Herschel James Walker. Yeah. Okay, um, what are the what are the first things that you remember, Mr. Mm -hmm. Well, being born in the hills, I remember, uh, you know, being around home. My grandmother didn't live far from us. I visited you know, visit my grandmother. My, uh, I had a grandfather I can remember when I was very young, coming to see us. But don't remember a lot about the hills. Mm -hmm. After I moved to Madison, a little town, that's where I first started going to school at. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the school. Well, Madison, Arkansas, always did Ibsen. Well, back at that time, it, it, it had a good school. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, it was from the time I first remembered it. It was uh, probably around 40, 60 black. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, it was already integrated. Yeah, pretty well so, but it wasn't integrated. The, the, we, we, we had it, I would say, as good as screws as, as the whites had. Well, then I misunderstood. Yeah. You said 40, 60 yeah. black. It, what yeah. do you mean? It was 40% black uh -huh. and about, no, about 60% black and about 40% white. Oh, so I said it was... As far as the, uh, as far as the citizens in the Oh, city. oh, but your mm -hmm. school was saying Yeah, the school was, uh, it was though at a very early age, it was talked about in the room. During my time, I was at. Mm -hmm. uh, I left for a city. Uh, I left Madison about 
when I was 17 years old, I went to Memphis. Mm -hmm. what, what did your dad do? We farmed a son, uh, my father, he did mostly public work. My uncle, which was a, a sort of a member of our family, he mm -hmm. lived with us. He farmed, and we worked with him some when we were children. Mm -hmm. uh, but my father, he, there was a, there was a, a creek come through there between Madison and Forest City that was a, there was a, a, a man that had a lot of public work in the gravel, mm -hmm. gravel pit, you know, digging rocks for highways, these kind of things. What was, what was life like for you? What did you feel? And well, up until I was 17, it was just, I guess by like the average children. I just worked sometime, I went to school sometime, these kind of things. Did you like school? Yeah, I liked school. I didn't have a chance to go a lot, because I worked quite a bit, but uh, I liked it. What did you like about it? Well, I, well, well, you know, one thing I didn't like about it, I, I liked to play. <laughs> our school had a good, our school had a good basketball team. Uh, we didn't play football. We had a good basketball team, and I loved that. And I liked to, uh, the classes, uh, the, the learning process wasn't bad. I liked that too. How about the teachers? Well, the teachers, I liked the teachers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you're 80 years old, and I'm asking what you liked about school, and you answer it like every child you like to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. Just about all children like to play. That's one thing that they like. My husband asked someone once what he, what, when some child, what he liked best about school, and he said recess and, go, and going home. <laughs> right. Well, I guess he was about right. That was, yeah. um, I guess that was about right. But were you, were you comfortable with learning? Yeah. Yeah. I'm comfortable with learning. Um, Um, why did you decide to go to Memphis? Well, uh, at, at that time, my father was doing public work. We had been doing some work with our uncle, and I didn't like, I didn't like that very much. And so, uh, I, I had an uncle in, in Memphis. And so I wanted to go that to go to school too. And uh, after I got there, I didn't go to school about for one year. And I started working. I got a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, that was yeah. I was I was 17 years old. And I, I finished going to school in Memphis. And. Uh, well, I've been working ever since, <laughs> until I retired. <laughs> um, did you belong to 
we're sitting in a church and I'm, I'm doing this mm -hmm. interview in a church and you mm -hmm. hear a lot from what you said on the phone. Yeah. So, uh, what, what part did the church play in your life in those days? Up until I was 17, it played a, a, a pretty important role. But, uh, you know, I, I guess it didn't, don't sound too good. After I was 17, I had, I had got fed up with the church. So I left the church. May I ask why you got fed up? Well, it wasn't doing nothing. You know, why go to something, something you ain't doing nothing? You know, you know, well, you go in there, you know, people go there and shout and something like that. Well, I, I couldn't see why that, that was any benefit to to people. What did you want them to do, Mr. To To improve society and make it better. But the church wasn't doing none of that. Um, did you talk to anybody about it? Yeah, I talked I talk to some, but nobody paid, paid any attention. Back at that time, nobody paid any attention. Particularly in the black church in the South. Why do you suppose they didn't do anything? Well, I think it's a history. The churches ain't never done nothing, basically. Constructive for people living on earth. This is something the churches have never been. For people living on earth? Right. And uh, I didn't see no benefit in that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. But uh, after, you know, after you learn a lot of things, then you look at things a little different. Mm -hmm. uh, Meaning what? I look at the church different. I could understand they weren't doing anything, but I understood that possibly I was as much the fault as anybody else. Why was that? Because I wasn't, I wasn't in there trying to make that change. So it takes people. It takes people to make change. But mm, particularly in the Black Baptist churches, there's a very few that are up until this day doing anything to make change. Very few. Do you want to tell me why that you feel well, that? Well, why I feel that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel that way because it's true. I but, know. But, but uh, uh, why are they not? Yeah, why aren't they? I think it's the results of slavery played a major role in it. When the black people came out from slavery, you found it was a few of them that was very militant. The one that led the Civil War, the one that fought all the way through the Civil War as much as possible, freedom. But it wasn't many of them. Uh, the slave masters... It wasn't what? It wasn't many of these Many people. of them, okay. And the slave masters had, had gained a lot of control. Mm -hmm. And they more and more leaned toward people going into the church. Because this was a way of, of uh, lessening their activities. Keeping them down. Keeping them down. 
and we would find some resistance to it even. Uh-huh. Mr. Walker, what about, um, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just saying that, and, and uh, you know, as people came out from under slavery, it was so overwhelming majority they had been pacified. And so it was only a, a minimal amount of people that was willing to fight back and they weren't in the church. Well, you need, you need a leader, you need a... Right, you do. There's so, no question about that. So I'm thinking of the preacher or the, the preacher reverend? Was not a, was not a leader in okay. the Baptist church. And even up until today, there's only a very few of them there are. Well, is it, what do you think it has to do with? It had to do with pretty well the system as more and more people were able to see the minister as a leader. More and more people seek to become ministers because they had sort of a soft seat. And, and uh, they, they wanted to only become leaders to get people to do what they want them to do not solve no problems. Well, why do you think, I keep asking the same question to like, why do you think the black minister, the Negro minister, didn't seize the opportunity? What stopped him from seizing the opportunity to further his flock? Well, I think it's the fact that uh, this was his opportunity for a soft life, easy life. He could get more wealth, he could get more everything than anybody else. And this is a normal thing for human beings in the first place. I guess I'm looking to ask you, I, I, without, I'll put it in my own words, you know, how much of it was fear? No, I don't think they, I don't think any of fear. I think about it like it is today. Uh, Green. Yeah. Right. It, it's just like anything else. Is uh, people see a, a easy way out, and they're going to accept it. I thought maybe they were afraid. No, no. Afraid no. to buck the system. Well, they, 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 it might have been some fear there, but I don't think that, that was. I don't think they had, had a hardly anything. Where the, the people that was bucking the system had fear. But uh, that was normal. They would. But they wasn't bucking the system. They were supporting the system. They would have no reason to, to have fear. Now, if any of them decide to buck the system, then that's why the, the fear would come in. Well, that's what I was saying, mm -hmm. because yeah, but, they decided not to, they were afraid but, to buck the system. But uh, Baptist ministers, more than any other ministers, supported the system. Now you find So it's not it's not fear, it's far that it's soft right. spot. Right. Now you take you know a lot of AME ministers and, mm -hmm. and other ministers. That's why the fear would come more than the Baptist ministers. That's why you find you take in this city, there's probably ten or fifteen Baptist ministers every one at other time. That's the soft spot. 
and, and uh, people flowing in, in the direction of soft spots. This is, this is normal for anybody, for any people. That's why, the, that's why poor people never can get leadership to lead them out of this. Because their leaders have to face a lot of things that other leaders don't have to face. Just dealing with other forms of life. Mr. Walker, I don't know a lot about you, and that's why I'm here, but uh, talking, uh, thinking in terms of people and soft spots, I don't think that was you. <laughs> well, I've never thought in terms of soft spots, but that's the reason I, I quit the church. Uh, I quit the church a little before I came to St. Louis. I was on Memphis and Memphis. That's why when I came to St. Louis, that's one of the first things I did. I joined the unemployment movement. That's why you 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 face fear. Unemployment movement. Unemployed movement. Right. That was uh, I came to St. Louis in uh, December 1939. Uh, 29, I'm talking about. And uh, that was just the beginning of unemployment. You know, during the whole part of the 30s. The depression. Uh, the depression. Now that's why fear was more. If you're going to talk about fear, that's why. It, that's why it was. And 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 you couldn't get ministers in St. Louis to support the unemployed movement. None to the head. Um. Tell me about when you did. Did you? Do anything in Memphis? Nothing, just I went to school and work. And work. All right, and when, why did you come to St. Louis? Well, my brother was here, and uh, you know, people talked about St. Louis, and I just come to St. Louis. Okay, I, I, there was no. a family contact. Yeah. Okay, well, then tell me what you did when you came. Well, I, did you my brother was working. And I was lucky to get a job. There's many people's unemployed. Uh, and it wasn't long. As I say that, I wasn't here about two months before I joined the unemployed movement. Yeah, which uh, uh, it was building itself pretty strong. More and more people were joining. Because, you know, unemployment was rising all the time, more and more. And up, you know, by 1931, at least 30% of the people that are unemployed, maybe more, is, is among the men, among the black men, I would say better than half of them was unemployed. What did joining the unemployed movement mean? Mean fighting back, trying to get help. How? Yeah. See, at that time, you couldn't get no help. You know, there was no social security, there was no unemployed, there was no unemployed uh, things. Uh, they did have some minor soup lines, in which you 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 uh, you hardly could not you could not get get in one of them hard get anything. Uh, people was really desperate, and so we just fought back against the hall for help. How'd you do that? Protesting. Marching, going to uh, uh, 
demonstration the city hall in any way that we could. Uh, did anybody pay any attention? What was you? Go by, by, when, when was it? Late 30s or early 40s? Or I'm not early. Late 1930 or early 1930. Well, we, you know, just like giving some type of relief. And so. They, the city government? The city. The city. It come from the city, I don't know whether the state was happy or not. Mm -hmm. But the federal was not involved at that time. Mm -hmm. And we continued to demand cash employment, and we finally won that by people, when they would pay people so much a month. Cash? Uh, to go to the store and buy it in place of giving them a handout and food. Was this movement uh, made up of black Negroes or black, just black, whites black, also? No, no, it was black and white. Black and white. Mm -hmm. I would say from the fact that it was a lot more black unemployed, the, 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 the percentage of it was uh, among blacks was more mm -hmm. in the unemployment movement, but it was black and black. Did you, did you feel that you had an equal say? Or to what, in the movement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing, you see, it wasn't like it is now. Uh, North St. Louis was the same place with overwhelmingly black. South St. Louis, it was big unemployed and, and whites. Mm -hmm. And so, and so they had black and white, although the, the blacks were in North St. Louis and the whites in South St. Louis. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the demand went, went along together for for help, for relief, these kind of things. Now, uh, you called it an unemployment mm -hmm. movement, mm -hmm. but did it have another name? No, we, that's the only name I've known. And I, you know, when the when the big national, you know, these was the beginning mm -hmm. before it was a national movement. You know, naturally, you always have to have local locals all over the country, uh -huh. and you had locals all over the country, and so following the the uh, the uh, the World War One veterans following their movement, which they they developed a real movement for because. They was unemployed too. Uh, they just over 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 a long period of time. They led led the real initial national thing. Mm -hmm. You know that was during the time of uh, I think it was late twenty late in the nineteen twenty nine twenty nine I think that. Herbert Hoover was president at that time. Mm -hmm. you, you know, he, he killed a lot of the of veterans. 
all that old from the fact of that strike, strike and and now because they were you know from the fact that they were, these was grown grown men you know came back from the war yeah and so they wasn't is is uh meek as we were mm -hmm. they were pretty rough so they uh, they killed a lot of killed them. just just shot them down when they were protesting mm -hmm. when they were demanding uh, uh, jobs and food. Mm -hmm. Did that happen here? All over the country. But the main thing was happening in Washington. Washington that, 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 was our, that was our big protest. They marched about 30,000 of them marched to Washington, in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. When did you have regularly scheduled meetings? Yeah, we had here. Officers? Yeah. And mm -hmm. yeah. And how much did the blacks, did the Negroes have to do with that part of it? Well, the one in Los Angeles, they had all of the officers and everything. So you had your own? You're right. And the whites yeah, in South St. Louis had their own. Oh. Did you ever, was it something that you did to, together? Did some, some of it was. But, but uh, as far as the Coordinate the things? Yeah, coordinate things. That was doing it. That went on until, until uh, what, what year was that? Thirty-one or thirty-two? When the WPA came in, you know, with the work administration and public work. And you know. CCC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when this started developing, that had a tendency to quiet people down. Mm -hmm. Uh, the CCC, which was for the, for the youth, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and when they was able to uh, to get in some sort of a program, they had where they'd be able to live, they quieted down, the adults quieted down, they, 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 you know, they weren't making nothing, but they was able to get by with it. Mm -hmm. The first job was paying $28 every two weeks. When, when there were, before this, and you were talking about the blacks and the whites, if, if one group got something, everybody got right, something? Right, you, you know, it had to come from, from some sort of a ruling from City mm -hmm. Hall or from the state, mm -hmm. you know. Well, it basically like this now. But was the opportunity for jobs the same? In other words, Negroes it, weren't it, getting the it, same kind of jobs. You know, I really don't know. Uh, uh, I know they got it. During when WPA, mm -hmm. the job in WPA was relatively equal. You know, and where they was cut short was uh, PWA. See, PWA, WPA would pay you know, about twenty dollars every two weeks. Mm -hmm. I don't know what uh, PWA paid, but it was it was more of a skill. Well, not. It was very few blacks worked on those. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. PWA. All right. So. How did you, How did you 
Um, well, you were about you were about twenty now. Twenty mm. years old. Yeah, I was uh, twenty. Yeah. And what so, was? Go ahead. Uh, but uh, I never did work on that wrong kind of job. You didn't. No. No. It was primarily for men with families. Primarily for men with families. So what what was happening in your life? Well, I was just working and 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 uh, supporting the movement. You know, they always called these movements back at that time. Just mm -hmm. supporting the movement and and. Uh, and uh, they continued to be very, very strong up until close to the middle thirties. Mm -hmm. uh, in uh, 1935, I think the CIO was organized, which gave a lot of relief because that demand was primarily that demand was was the organized law, you know, people. Low skill, low job, and, and uh, it grew extremely fast, and uh, it played a major role during the later thirties um, when people were able to get jobs. Not all of them, but uh, quite a lot of people were able to get jobs. Yeah. What did the, what did the CIO mean to you? It didn't particularly, at that time, it didn't mean nothing to me. Later on, I, I never really went to work in a, in a, in a plant that was organized until 1941. When, when you were protesting, mm -hmm. what kind of uh, resistance did you meet? We didn't meet hardly no resistance in terms of our protesting. It's no more than if you, go down, if you went down City Hall, you would meet resistance. In, in the neighborhood, there's different things you could do in the neighborhood. And demanding more support and this kind of thing. But you but we got. Uh, I think in uh, 1930 was the largest protest meeting that I was in. March, I did. About 30,000 people were down to City Hall. After that, we got the politicians uh, uh, considered improving our living conditions. Uh, was this black and white protest? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how did, how did they improve your living conditions? What people on on same type of relief or uh, getting more relief was given than these kind of things. More money. Yeah. Did they do uh, more or more food? One. More food. Mm -hmm. Did they do anything about housing conditions? Very little housing. Well, housing at that time was not the major issue. No, I meant the house. Fixing, helping to fix up any housing. That That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a major issue at that time. Mm -hmm. 
uh, jobs and food was the major issue at that time. Later on, there's housing. And still the church? No. Nothing. Still the church. It, it started, some few churches started supporting it from the fact that people started to stop supporting the church. And that brought a few ministers around to speak out. Okay. Um, were any of the um, I guess they hadn't started yet. This is the 80th. Well, I guess they had. Um, what about the Okay. What about the NAACP or the Urban League? Well, the NAACP, neither the Urban League was set up for that. They, they, uh, in later years, uh, you know, after the, way after the 30s, they began to get involved in, in certain things. But during the earlier period, I wouldn't know the Urban League was, wasn't. The Urban League was set up to get jobs from middle-income people, not just ordinary people. That was their main demand. And they did not carry out the same kind of demand. They, they negotiated more. And you, you were more into demanding. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and this was never the role of the NAACP either. They would participate at times, but really, really, they didn't do that. Mr. Walker, sometimes when people are having problems and, and there comes along uh, somebody that, it, some particular person in the white community that, that uh, sees your need, came to be a faction for you. Did that happen? Yeah, it, it was often people from the white community that had some influence and this kind of thing would support out of the lands. Oh yeah, that way it was. Can you name anybody? Well, everybody I know now would be dead. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I take them dead or alive. Some long run. Maybe, maybe it'll come to you. Yeah. Uh, did they? Were they able to do anything? Yeah, they were able to help. No, all they didn't help. Helped. They were never able. You know, they were never in a, in a position to make major changes. Mm -hmm. Minor changes. Mm -hmm. And uh, from that time. We continue to get minor changes, but there was only minor changes. That's why they, they uh, in the years when, uh, when Dr. King came along, demanding major changes, it created such problems. Say that again? I said that's why later years when Dr. King came along, yeah. 
and were demanding major demanding changes. Demanding major changes. It created our, our, and really created a lot of problems. I'm listening. Because uh, the establishment was never used to major change. They were used to minor changes. Minor changes. Right. And, uh, and at, that, at that time, in fact, of the leadership we had, that was about as far as we could get, minor change, mm -hmm. and sometimes more change. Mm -hmm. So, were you, were you, did you join a union? I didn't join a union until I started working in a union shop. 1931 I joined a union. Uh, I'm talking about 1941. And you joined, which, the, C mm -hmm. the CIO? Yeah, it is. Well, it was a, it was a international union of electrical workers, which was a member of the CIO. Mm -hmm. See, the CIO had about, I don't know, 20, 30 different national unions mm -hmm. made the CIO at that time. Okay. And what part did that play in your life? I think organized labor played a major part in my life. Uh, uh, but you, you will find when you learn a lot. And now, the union I joined is not in existence in the Midwest anymore uh, because uh, uh, in 1940, around 48 or 49, somewhere around there. The CIO went in with the AFL and they got support from management and they and they uh, expelled about ten unions out of CIO. What? And my union was one of the one I was one of Well they was there's about 10 unions, all of them had close to the same uh, laws and these kind of things. They was, uh, they made the you know, stipulation within their, in their own local, in the, the, the union itself where the union leadership had to go, had to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And their pay had to be the same way. And so, uh, so AFL-CIO figured they couldn't live with that. And so they know that if they didn't do something pretty soon, these unions would grow bigger and stronger and other union would support that. So they had to get rid of it. So, mm -hmm. Even it off. So what? Yeah. Even it off. Yeah, they had to get rid of it. And so what they did, this was during the early days of McCarthyism. So the best way they could do it was accuse these union of being communist dominated in this way. <coughs> This way, the membership would be afraid 
and there would be no problem for them to just organize a new union and just expel that union. And the company supported that. Well, we fought the National Union for, for, for two, three years, but they finally took advantage of us. So they did that on purpose? Oh, yeah. It's like attacking your own. It sure, sure they did that on purpose, you know. They had to get rid of the Union. And they, can put in, they could establish another Union. They could make an agreement with the company that they would accept another union. And so you just expel that union. So the unions were doing that to each other. Right, right. Not good. We know it wasn't good. But what could you do about it? Union leadership, top leadership was doing it. Well, how did you feel about the unions then? Well, the top leadership wasn't, uh, was, a, was the one that was a the membership was just scared. See, at that time, at that time, fear, fear of communism was so great. You probably, I remember. yeah, yeah, fear was so great until, but but our union, you, you, you know, the way they had to do was to have a, a election, mm -hmm. and uh, all, all, although the new union didn't have really no membership. But they would run, they would get off the degree to run for, and, and if uh, our union had got more votes than them, then we was there because twice in our election we won. And, and uh, that created a problem for them. Yeah. Because uh, they couldn't afford to have another election and, and, and lose. So what they did, of communism was not something they could use there to beat us with. So what they did was they put out a whispering campaign in the plan. Nobody could tell you where it come from. That if, uh, if our union won, the company couldn't get no more contracts. So they, so people voted for other unions. They were scared they were going to be out of a job. Well, so what ultimately happened? Well, the other union won. And you all were out? Our union was out. Now the membership could just join the other union and, and keep working. Even though they had been accused of this? Right. Well, they weren't just... accusing you know, a lot of people. They were just accusing the union of being dominated. Dominated by right. sort of vague was vague. Well, now in our union, the you know we had a district. You know, Excuse me. So they they were accusing your leaders. Right. But 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 see, we had a district. You know, Arkansas, Missouri, our way, and part of Illinois was the eleventh district of the union of the national union. 
Now the person that headed the level, the, this district, that guy was a member of the Communist Party. Oh, he really was. He was. Mm -hmm. But the people voted for him at the time, and he, and he won. Mm -hmm. Because after the last election, he was in before, before our local union was put out. Well, the workers voted for him. He won. Well, the times were so different that one can understand people um, being part of a movement, right. a, a communist yeah, movement, well, because you would, if you protested against right. injustices, right. then you was automatic. Well, yeah. you you that's what they were doing in those days. Right, we know that. So, and, and, uh, so people were scared. They didn't defeat the whole union. Now in the Northeast, the union still has, you know, but they defeated. They, they put out at least half of the, about half of the local unions that belonged to that union. They, they voted out and voted in the union. So they got rid of the heads of your union right. and the people themselves could go join the other one and go right. to work. Where where did you stand on that? Where did where did you fit into that? Yeah, well, I voted for the union as, as long as long as I could, but by me not holding no office in the union, uh, uh, you know, really, wasn't nothing you could do because it was some of us that they wouldn't let join another union because because they they said we lean towards communism. You had too much influence, I right. suppose. Yeah, I guess so. But you weren't an you weren't an officer, so no, that no. they could get rid of you altogether. No, they, they just no, they couldn't. They couldn't fire me. Mm -hmm. That would have been against the law. All right, so you and other people they couldn't fire. They were, you and other people they couldn't fire because mm -hmm. you were just under. You had a, you had a lot of power, mm -hmm. but you weren't an officer. No, Is that correct? No, no. Okay, so so you couldn't join that other union. Uh, some couldn't. Some the, the union made the decision who joined it. Uh huh. And uh, I don't know how many people that they didn't let join. So they didn't let you join. No, I didn't join to start with. Uh, after about you didn't want to, or they didn't let you. No, I didn't mind joining. They didn't let you. No. Okay. Uh, after about what? How many years? After about three, four years, the membership told me that I didn't meet anybody. They wouldn't let that. Because you see, it, see the contract, not human contract, but the labor board, mm -hmm. you know, would, would not allow that. And so, if they wouldn't let you join, but if the union got a raise, you got it. Whatever the union got, you got it. Well, the membership felt after so long a time they didn't beat. Because it was, it was quite a lot of people wasn't paying dues. You know, they weren't paying dues because they wouldn't accept it. All right. And so they had to, you had to change that, that clause in the contract. Okay. Uh, this, this went on till. You know, the labor troubles went on to way into the 50s. 
I want to. I don't want to pass something up when you you had a little smile on your face because when when you say things I'm. I you have a little smile sometimes, and when you said they. Uh, said you leaned yeah. towards communism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what did that mean in your life? It meant usually at that time when they said. They, they always put everybody in categories, mm -hmm. you know. And if you associate it with somebody that they accuse of being a communist, then you were supposed to have been, you know, you was leaning in that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You weren't supposed to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. But they said that, so what mm -hmm. I'm asking is, uh, one one night you go to sleep and everything's the same. The next day they got you leaning towards right. communism. Mm -hmm. How did that change that your didn't life? Change. Didn't oh, change. No, I didn't. No, yeah. I didn't change. No, didn't, no, didn't, didn't change, change your life. No, I didn't change. I never paid no attention. That's, that's something I never paid attention. Did anybody else pay attention? Some people did. Well, that to you about that? That's not not to me, not to me. But they would make some changes to be in the union. In, in other words, they would agree with the same thing, mm -hmm. to be in the union. Mm -hmm. yeah. But you didn't? No. And nobody said, oh, there's Herschel no, Walker no. walking down no. the street. He's leaning well, towards the communists. Nobody? Uh, well, well, see, the only thing you could do was keep you out of the union because they couldn't buy you. See, that was something a lot of people never know. They couldn't buy you for being a, even if you was a communist, they couldn't buy you for it legally. Mm -mm. They would just scare people, see, with this. And so, if, so if, if, if the talk was pretty strong, see, when people have, uh, uh, you know, Walking around, you know, they would not want to associate with you. Um, you know, that didn't bother me. Didn't bother me? No. Did you always have a buddy? Oh, yeah, I always had people associate with you. Well, it was, then the plant, the black workers in the plant was not afraid. It's, it's just when enough of them to make the difference. If it had been enough up to them. Even the change. What? How about the white workers well, the at white this time? Was afraid. Well, why were they afraid, and the Negro workers weren't afraid? Well, I said primarily one thing: uh, <clears throat> the history behind this. Black workers have always been accused of something. Take it from the south, keeps the sun. So, uh, you know, to keep you in line. I see. Yeah. Fear. Right. Fear. Fear. And so, <coughs> and so, you know, just being communist wasn't going to make that much difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could say they were used to it. Yeah, they were used to it. But with the whites, it was more like their own were turning on them. Yeah, and, and more like, you know, it was afraid of getting fired. Mm -hmm. 
Well, well, legally they couldn't they be fined, but they were spread. And when you're spread, don't nothing help much. You know, fear is a, is a, is a, is a great thing, and, and it don't help much. And, and uh, I imagine they would have more family problems on this, in particular about the wives and children and these kind of things. They hadn't been used to it. But if you're used to this, uh, it ain't near as much shock to you. If you used to, if it ain't if it ain't that, it's something else. See, the white workers was never used to as much of that, not near as much of that. That's a that's an interesting perception. How did you? Did you realize that then, or did you yeah. realize it just looking back? No, on? no. At that time, you know, uh, when the workers in the plant, the black workers in the plant, we talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. The black workers would talk about the white workers. No, we talk about the fear. The fear. Mm -hmm. That they weren't afraid. No, they, they weren't afraid. They weren't afraid. They were not near as much as one. Well, one thing. Their jobs wasn't important, wasn't that important because the only job like when I went to work in, in Wagner, uh, the only job you could get there would be a porter job or just common labor. You couldn't get no other job. I mean, you you put your you put your application in. If you if you was a skilled worker, well, when they got around to your application, well, they you know they would tell you. No, we got this and this. If you don't want that, you ain't got nothing. If you were a skilled worker, mm -hmm. how did someone get to be a skilled it, worker? It, it, it was a lot of ways. Uh, it's a lot of kind of work in the plant. Like, you know, the plants have carpenters, painters, bricklayers. Well, we have for years and years and years have had good black bricklayers, although they couldn't get in the union. But they was, you know, they 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 were they were good workers, and they could get white because management would give them what to do because they would work cheaper. Uh, carpenters and these kind of these kind of things, uh, painters, yeah. Nah, but they didn't have much opportunity of running certain machine operation jobs. Not as much. Well, uh, help me to understand the unions as as you're doing now. Just enlarge on it a little bit as to what it did mean. I, I, the way I'm understanding it is that the black, the Negro, they took unskilled people. But not skilled. Union did right. Uh, yeah, a plant that was organized, they couldn't take un they couldn't take an organized worker. Right, but but your your yeah, Negro w was a skilled worker, but not organized. But not organized. And and, and couldn't work and they wouldn't take him. No, as only an plants only plants that weren't organized. Right, but the, right. why wouldn't the union take a skilled? Negro worker. 
But it was against their laws and rules. Because of the white? Mm -hmm. Right. You see, when, when that I was, was a way of keeping you down? Right. Keep me out of the labor force. The better paid job. Because, it, you know, when I went to Whitewood, they wouldn't hire nobody but a, a porter, uh, uh, just a white mm -hmm. They made the change after I got there. Because we, we, did, we did carry a campaign fire after I got there. There was, <coughs> was a few people there that was trying to figure out how they could do it. Uh, the the uh, president of the local union supported it, but the workers didn't support it. So it wasn't nothing he could do. So, well, well, well you know, after we started meeting with him on this, you know, I think he was very honest. He, you know, he said, "If there's anything I can do to help, was just let me know." He said, "This is something I support. It's 100 percent." But it says, uh, I can't get no support from white workers. And he was white. Mm -hmm. so, Do you think he really meant that? Yeah, he did. He, yeah, he meant that. After we was able to get a few white workers that supported the idea and, and uh, what we had to do was, agree that he and, and one or two other white workers would start negotiation with the manager, with the plant managers on this. And they had to make agreements. It wasn't a part of the contract. And, you know, they're, they're always in these plants, particularly larger plants, they have unskilled, semi-skilled, you know, to three stages of skills, you know. So it worked out with the manager that they would agree, although against the, the white workers couldn't kick too much if the manager agreed to this. See, that they could kick, but there wasn't nothing they could do. Because they, they, they wouldn't be willing to walk out they, because, because the manager would have been, been, been in a position even to fire them if they wanted to. And, uh, and you could fire them? Yeah, the manager could. At that time. See, because this was in, in 1941 in the early part of the war. Because now you can't fire a union. No. Well, not unless he do something in violation of the contract. Mm -hmm. and, and so well, we was able to get from one thing to another, one thing to another. And we finally got uh, black women in the plant. And this created uh, quite the They had to bring them in. They had to bring them in on machine operating jobs. That's skill. That was skill. Now they did this. We got them to agree on that before they would 
before they was upgrade before they were upgrade men on on the machine operating. How'd you do that? Oh well, it was right at the time of, of war. Oh. And you was able to get by with a lot of things in time of war that you couldn't have done, you know, before. And yet, from what I've read, there was a problem even in hiring blacks for the war effort. There was a problem. The, gov the government... Excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Moore. Are you getting tired? No, I don't. It's all right. The, all right. I don't want Unless you get tired. No, no, I just don't want to. See, the government needed more workers. And the plants needed more workers. Mm -hmm. But the members of the union couldn't, they didn't have really enough workers without bringing black workers on these jobs. So it put the government in a very difficult position. Look at you, you think they could use the question to win the war, we need these people. Mm -hmm. So like they did about women, bringing women on, 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 in, the, in these factories. But the time the war was over, the, all of them, you know, all of them, they you know, <coughs> we had We had one plant, though, the plant I was in, probably we brought the women, you know, the some other plants in the city that did. But they, they kept the women after the war. The rest of the plants in the city let them go. Which plant was that? The Olson did. And this plant downtown, down on 18th Street. Can't think of that plant's name. It was a big plant, though. They let them go. And a lot of the smaller plants let them go. But with Wagner, for whatever reason, they didn't make a difference. They just were just like the war had never ended as far as maintaining their workforce. Um, how would you describe yourself? You're talking about all these things that went on and you weren't, um, you weren't an officer. No. Uh, you had some power, but I haven't. You haven't given me. Well, you, you're talking. You're talking generalities and right. specifics, but I don't. I don't. I can't uh, find you. You can't. Find <laughs> you're, well, you're, one thing, you're hiding from me no, a little bit. Well, one thing the yeah. average person never know. The leadership don't do that much. It's the membership of the union well, in, in, on, on anything mm -hmm. is the one that puts the pressure. You know, so like was, was uh, we had a, a, a picket line at, at Sears Roebuck in 1951 uh, <coughs> trying to get them to hire uh, black salespeople and uh, come up with roofs out there. And, and, uh, Come up with? A ruthless police a sort of beat mm -hmm. up a kid out there. Nice. And, and for no reason at all, trying to scare him away. And uh, one or two of us got arrested. I did, and somebody else did. And I went down to the police station to find out 
pot and taking him down there. And so when I got in the police, they were then they arrested me too. But, uh, On what grounds? I'll be there. Let me see what they charge me with. Attacking the police officer. And, uh, but later on, after a few days after that, the head of the urban league called a couple of us in to talk to us about that. And, and uh, when, uh, he said that they appreciate what we were doing. He said that the only way we can get gains for black people is for people like you to scam. When people to, like you what? To scam. You know, raising our sand that they'll get scared of, of uh, somebody sort of taken away from the from the black leadership, what they call moderate leadership. And they didn't want radical leadership to take to take uh, to win over the confidence of people. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. So, the so power that, was going to be right. in the wrong hands. Right. And so they were calling them in and said, Cool it. Yeah. It, it, we'll agree to this, this, that. Because you're taking the next few, the next week or so after that, they, the Oracle, some 